0: Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only
1: on LA Talk Radio.
0: Hello there, and welcome to all things therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. And if you've been listening to my show, you know that the mission and theme is changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. And today is the day before Valentine's Day. I wanted to mention that because in my work as a therapist, sometimes clients come in feeling disgruntled or, uh, you know, a real hate sometime for Valentine's Day, especially if they're single or have just gone through a breakup. And as I went to the gym earlier, I just was thinking of that and want to share with you to consider reconceptualizing Valentine's Day if it is something difficult for you, that I think of Valentine's Day as being a day about love And love, we can love ourselves, we can love our community, we can love our friends, our family, it doesn't have to be romantically focused. And so if you're someone out there having a hard time with all the hearts and roses and being bombarded by memes and such, I'm going to tell you you're not alone with that, it's okay, and to consider redoing Valentine's Day for you and making it Even a commitment to love and care for yourself more deeply, you might choose to meditate or go for a walk, take some time to journal, or just watch a movie that you like. So that was on my consciousness today as I was preparing for the show I am also available to work with you as your practitioner. I do phone, Skype, and FaceTime sessions, as well as having offices in both Los Angeles, California, where I am right now, and in New Orleans, Louisiana. So please reach out to me with your questions about sessions, scheduling, my podcast. It's all at nolatherapy.com the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy. There's also a link on my website that I want you to go click. It says book release. My new book is now available for sale. It is a book on healing, self-healing through empathy and forgiveness based on the astrological placement of Chiron. C-H-I-R-O-N. Chiron is the wounded healer archetype that Carl Jung spoke about in his work. And I bring Chiron to life in a new way, showing you how your deepest wounds are the source of your greatest empowerment. And I'd love for you to go read about my book at NOLA Therapy. Pre-order it now through Amazon. There are links there. And uh, I'm just super excited. I've spent three years writing this book and it's finally time to birth it into the world for you. I'm trying to think what else to share personally and business-wise. Please follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at NOLA Therapy and on Twitter as well. And reach out to me. I'm just available and excited to connect with you as your therapist and healing practitioner. Shifting to the guest portion of our show today, which is the main event, I we are going to be with Dr. Nick Pejic. He is the medical director of Atlas Psychiatry. If you're following along online, you can find him at atlaspsychiatry.com. He and his team provide a full range of services utilizing advanced technology and cutting-edge treatments such as some of you might have heard of ketamine treatment for depression, Dr. Nick Pajic and his team utilizes ketamine therapy at his clinic. They also do transcranial magnetic stimulation known as TMS, another treatment for depression that is a lot milder than some other therapies available in that same genre. They do genetic testing, conduct individual couples and group therapy. They provide medication management FMLA reports, also academic reports to return to school following a mental health leave or crisis. They provide suboxone and bu- uh, I always get this word for me. Buprenorphine management for addictions, and Dr. Nick Pajik has a team of psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers working at Atlas Psychiatry to deliver these comprehensive outpatient services to children, adolescents, and adults. And Dr. Pajic himself is a podcaster. He co-hosts the show, Questions from the Waiting Room. It's really cool. His co-host actually asks him personal questions. So it really humanizes the the doctor-patient relationship. You get to hear about Dr. Pajic's experiences sometime with his own parents and family and upbringing. And uh, he himself specializes in treating patients with treatment-resistant depression, medically complex cases, and addiction. He's innovative, passionate. I know him personally. Spiritual. He lectures at Tulane University and LSU Medical Schools in the New Orleans, Louisiana area. And today we're going to talk about some cool things related to quantum physics, how the spiritual world interfaces with the material world. And kind of getting really at what what's the meaning of our lives. So, with that, I just want to welcome you, Dr. Pajic, for taking your time out today.
1: Thank you so much. Lisa. How are you today? I couldn't be better. Awesome. Yeah, been looking forward to talking with you.
0: Me too. Where Where would you like to start us?
1: Uh, I want to start at my father's death.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Um. But not in a more, you know, more completely morbid way. Um, you know, when we start talking about um, these topics, um, or us getting together, I I think that it, the most interesting thing to me is that we don't really know um, how we got here to be human beings, other than being born. Uh, but our material world and the spiritual world—it's it's hard to know what this is all about. Um, and that's where you have, you know, religion kind of takes, uh, the stage to answer some of those questions. Um, but when my dad died, uh, I started thinking about death and, you know, near death experiences and reading a little bit more about the science of, um, our material world and how we might cross over. Mm. And that taught me some lessons about, um, suffering And like what this is all about and in psychiatry we you know and in therapy you see a lot of people who suffer and i think having a an understanding about why we're here in this world can help our clients understand why they're suffering and you know how to work through that um and it's as a psychiatrist it's sometimes confusing because someone might need to work through some psychological pain because they're learning a, a life lesson um, but we also use these technologies that you cited, like ketamine or TMS or, you know, medicines like Zoloft or Lexapro or something. And it's, you know, using those uh, um, carefully to help somebody out, but yeah. also allowing them to explore, explore their psychology and work through, you know, their own pain.
0: So may I ask you, when when did your father pass away? And I'm sorry.
1: So- Oh, no, thanks. Um, he died in uh, August of 2018 and, uh, he was a, he was a surgeon, um, who was awaiting to have heart surgery and the night before he coded. And I was in the room when he was dying. My, my my brother, who's also a physician. Um, and after that, I mean, we had a very lovely two weeks before his surgery where we really connected emotionally and psychologically while we were waiting and he was kind of doing a life review. Um, mm-hmm. of what his life meant and, you know, saying parting, parting wisdoms to us and what he wanted for us. That's and, beautiful.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, it was very nice. And, and he suffered from, um, depression, um, to a certain extent and had lived through a lot of trauma. He he lived through World War II and then he was a surgeon in Vietnam. He saw, he just wow. saw a lot. Um, yeah. He did a lot, a lot with himself. Um, but, uh, I started reading about Ibn um, Alexander, um, his experience in in dying and coming back, the neurosurgeon. Um, and there's some criticism about about that, um, about his testimony. Um, okay. Which I won't get into. But I thought to myself, um, because my dad, he he saved a lot of lives, but he also had people who died who said that they would come back and tell him if there was an afterlife in some form of fashion. Mm. Um, Yeah. And the day I've heard that as well. The day that he. Right. So it got me thinking like, well, a hey, could he come back? Um, it got me more seriously thinking about like, what, you know, when you, if you, if anybody listening has ever grieved um, in a serious manner, you, you, it really makes you think about what we're doing here. And like, how, how could a God take away something so dear to you, such yeah. as like a parent child relationship, you know? Yes. Um, so that's what got me thinking about the nature of reality. And that's what kind of turned me on to um, linking it with quantum mechanics a little bit more.
0: I appreciate your authenticity in in sharing this portion of your personal loss and grief. And I'm curious, how did how did they connect for you, Dr. Pajik, in kind of bridging the two worlds of the material and the spiritual?
1: Well, you, you, you know, in a, in a nutshell, we don't know psychiatrists and um and physicians we don't know how consciousness emerges wholly Mm. uh, meaning this we we have a brain but does the brain give rise to consciousness um, or not Mm -hmm. and if it does give rise to consciousness what parts of the brain do that and uh you know i because i practice transcranial magnetic stimulation we're stimulating parts of the brain to help an individual with their mood Mm -hmm. Um, however, um, we don't have a complete theory about how the brain works or interrelates with itself to have consciousness arise. Kind of like when you're waking up in the morning, you know, when you're kind of in that pre-sleep kind of phase where you're kind of awake, kind of not awake, it's like, when do you really light up and turn on,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: and, and, and what is that? And, um, there's different, there's different neurobiological co- un- co- correlates of the brain that I could discuss, but without boring the audience, I would say <laughs> that, you know, it, since we don't have a great, uh, um, theory for this, it begs the question like, you know, w- you know, where does that come from? Yes. And, you know, Descartes used to talk about like the mind body dualism. Um, and he thought it was in the pineal gland. Uh, we now know that that that's not the case. The pineal gland produces melatonin to help induce sleep. And, uh, so where does it come from? So when I was reading about even Alexander, who, who, after his experience of dying and coming back, he, he had a, um, an infection in, in his brain was, uh, was sick for about a week s- severely and unconscious. And when he came back, he had this magnificent experience experience. And he says that, that the, the universe is made of consciousness mm. and that consciousness gives ri- rise to our physical reality. And that thought is revolutionary for our time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written a book about it. There's also a book called biocentrism. I forget who the author is, but um, I think a doctor wrote it saying that maybe consciousness is the center of the universe really. And, um, and that that's, that's the currency that we, we um, connect with which makes sense if you think about it.
0: You know, I love what you're saying.
1: Thought.
0: Yes. I love what you're yeah. saying. When you put out here a few moments ago, where does consciousness come from or what is consciousness? My thought, I've always felt it as, as energy. I felt it as something that, that is, and that our, our awareness of it is, mm-hmm. is how we connect with it through our breath. I'm a meditator. So I find, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to focus on my breath and how I know the body biologically is doing so many wonderful things for our breath to rise and fall our in- inhalation and our expiration. Yet there's an energy that, talking about quantum physics, breaking it down to vibrating particles that, that just are. And it's kind of beyond mm-hmm. kind of what my brain can wrap itself quite around, but I have an awareness of it. And I consciously choose to, be in touch with that field, that quantum field.
1: Yeah, well said. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. When you're meditating and you're not having the interference of your human brain disrupt your connectedness with the universe, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean in a wholly like you know um sci-fi kind of way. I, I mean actually connected with the, our, the fabric of our reality. There's a peace that comes over you. Um, yes. And I'm interested in that space for like my own patients and for myself yeah. and just for everyone, you know, for people, people to feel good. Um, and, and so, uh, and I'd like to bring up quantum mechanics, um, again, real quickly.
0: Please uh, for, take your time. Folks,
1: when, you, when folks listen to that and hear quantum mechanics, there's kind of a, we kind of intuitively know what it is, uh, but it's, it's complex. And, uh, you kind of have to take the scientist's word for it without without inherently understanding what it really is. And there are two experiments in the quantum mechanics world that illustrate this. Um, um, and one is called the double slit experiment where they took okay. particles of uh, light and they found that the particles of light actually uh, work like waves. Mm. And um, And what they found is that when a human being was, consciously looking at this experiment take place that it changed the results of the experiment experiment so i'm gonna say that again
0: yeah a human same. being
1: consciously looking at the like the experiment taking place in this case light traveling through these two slits and in, um in, in paper that the results would be different than if the human being was not conscious of the the um uh, this experiment taking place and why that's so. important? Is yeah. Mean,
0: yeah,
1: that means that means that when a human being is observing something, it brings it into reality, thus substantiating that our consciousness has power in this world. Mm. And 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 really, what that extrapolated to means, like, what if our world was a virtual reality of sorts, like or like a matrix kind of situation where yes. you're living you're living in a space. And you're viewing things like viewing your partner, viewing a skyscraper, viewing the sidewalk is what brings it into reality and in that it's not actually there if you're not viewing it. Yes. That's weird. But this is this is what they found in this experiment and they've reproduced it. And so that's a double slit experiment. Um, and, the, and the second nerdy thing I'll bore you with.
0: <laughs> I love this.
1: It's called, <laughs> it's called the law of entanglement where they took two electrons that were kind of sister electrons and they found that if these sister electrons were s- split up and they, they separated them, um, you know, a distance, maybe miles apart that, uh, if they manipulated one electron and they do that with like magnetism and make it spin one way or the other, that the other electron instantaneously knew what the sister one was doing. Wow. Um, and when I say no, it means that it, it behaved differently. So if I spun the one electron one way, the other the other electron acted accordingly without having to send information to the other electron. Like there was it didn't need a Wi-Fi connection, it didn't need a wire communicating that information, meaning that the fabric of our consciousness that 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 conveys that information instantaneously. Um, it
0: makes me think of mirror neurons, what? but I don't know if there's any relationship there
1: well well mirror neurons i think is that's more macro than what i'm talking about okay mirror neurons would, would be like a, a larger biological like organism um neurons that um sense information from its surrounding um and you know being so a human being looking out at another person i think mirror neurons help you uh empathize with other people
0: yes yes
1: um it, right is that what you're talking about yes
0: so this yeah. is
1: different. This and is more at the particle level. This is particle level, and and again, it makes sense because at the at the fabric of the reality where electrons and protons and quarks and things like that are, and quarks are even small, smaller than electrons, right? Um, yeah. You have, this beha- you have this behavior, and why? And so all of that, what I just, just talked about—the double slit experiment and the law of entanglement—that um, is that relates that relates to quantum mechanics and quantum mechanics is a type of physics that acts differently than like our macro physics of gravity and um, forces and vectors and in, in, in terms of, like if you throw a football, the arc of a football, and yeah, you know that type of thing. And so it's kind of like small physics versus the larger physics. Um, um, so I'm kind of rambling here. but so when my dad died, I started thinking about what my experience was like in the room. And I realized that the predominant over the, over the predominant feeling I had was just one of love. Mm. And uh, and Eben Alexander taught and it's apropos for like Valentine's Day tomorrow. Ivan um, Alexander would would say that he was told that her purpose here in life was to learn how to love, and to learn um, and to learn things like science and music and you know psychology and engineering whatever it might be. Yeah, you know. And I thought that was that that kind of satisfied my <laughs> curiosity about uh, why we're here. Yeah. What do you think?
0: You know, Doctor Pizig, what you're talking about and linking the quantum mechanics with the experience of your dad's passing and the awareness of of love and our interconnectedness is, is what I'm hearing you say. Under all this, is reminding yeah. me. I don't know if you know of the the work of Doctor Dawson Church. He was just on my podcast. Uh a few weeks ago. He's a psychologist who works, um, his book is called Mind to Matter. And he had one of the big proponents of EFT tapping and conducted a lot of experiments himself, as well as cited the two that you just brought up in his book, Mind oh, to cool. Matter, to to really try to, um, you know, understand the correlation and connectedness between, you know, spirituality and our experience in psychology and just kind of putting, connecting the dots. And he was a wonderful guest as well, like really expanding consciousness around the medical community and our day-to-day lives and healing suffering and pain like you talked about. Cause it can be, I know for me sometimes so hard to be in the presence of someone's excruciating emotional pain and just wanting to fix it and bridge it and knowing people have to go through their own healing process and we can offer tools and techniques, but I do believe it's in our belief systems to view things from different vantage points that really helps bring some relief to that suffering. Oh yeah. And it, in addition to the, you know, the medication that's needed at times and the various treatments and modalities. But I notice sometimes when people are in a lot of pain, it's really hard for them to see anything other than just where they're at. So I I've learned to just be like, it's okay. You know, you can just, you can just be right here in this suffering. And even though it's hard for me, cause it can be hard to sit with someone in that it's like painful, but
1: yeah. 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 Especially if you're an empath, which yes, I, I mean, know you are. <laughs> yes.
0: It sounds like you are as well.
1: Yeah. You know, it's one of the double edged swords that I feel like I wield here at the office. Um, in my early career, I, I had a hard time, Working one on one with patients one after the other throughout the day because um, you know our work forces you to be emotional if you're going to connect with someone and and move the needle for them. Yes. Whether you're a therapist or a psychiatrist, just I I, I I like that expression. I like for patients to see results in the treatments we provide. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but sometimes you have to sit with the person and just be with them. Yes. And um, and there's a that's a. Uh, well, occupational hazard yeah if 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 you don't control that or have enough boundaries between that so as an empath myself um i don't like that part of me all the time because it's it's hard it's hard to um to not feel that all the time you know and be moved yeah. by people so much you know
0: and dr pidgey i know that you like me you have various self care Like you're a musician. So I know for me, it's important to go to my art, to my glass studio, to my, like, you work out as well. You run. I think it's really important for us to turn to those practices to balance out being in that space with someone emotionally.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I really wonder about that. I sometimes think I should work at, at a capacity where I'm not as affected by it all. But, okay. Know, how you do you see doing
0: that? Earn, like how, I question that as well. You know, <laughs> like I'm not sure what that Buying,
1: is. buying Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great. Buying, I'm going to plug uh, Ethereum and Tezos. Those are the other uh, currencies that I like, no, I, I think, well, part part of it's like financial health. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm sure other people smarter than you can speak to that. But I think ha- diversifying your, finan- your income so that you can have things that, Substanti- or that protect you a bit. Yes. Um, and then I think kind of just stopping and smelling smelling the roses. Um, I have a friend and I that we like to joke, like if we have any no-shows patients and like have a gap in an afternoon here in New Orleans in the spring, there's nothing better than throwing on your sneakers, going for like a 45-minute run. Oh,
0: it's awesome. And
1: um, Under the coming back trees. to the office.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So, well, I like
0: what you're saying too about uh, diversified income. I know like – i've I've been learning about trading, and I know you like the stock market as well. And I find it really yeah. exciting to learn to to generate income without having to talk to somebody. <laughs> like to yeah. just be able to be on the computer and look at charts. and And so that's been one of my hobbies and kind of new passions is learning about trading. And uh, I love what I do as a therapist. I just also know, that sometimes it feels really hard. So I want to have other avenues of income available so I can be the best therapist, giving the best service, and also take really good care of myself as well.
1: Yeah. Cause people can sense if you're, if you're doing okay. I think. Yeah. You, like are, yeah. your clients probably know on some level if you're, if you look fatigued or too tired or, you know, um, that's good that you're learning trading too. Is that something you're reading about or, uh,
0: I've been go- I attended some uh, seminars with Rockwell Trading here in California, and
1: okay.
0: and uh, just kind of yeah, my own like reading, trading based on technical analysis and uh, really enjoying
1: it. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. yeah, the uh, we're seeing a revolution right now with um, cryptocurrency. Yeah, I think that's going to be the the next phase of our financial systems over the next ten years. And okay. kind of like, uh, the model T where they made the model T, you know, the first car, um, people used to question like, well, where are you going to drive this thing? Cause there were no really great roads, much like the internet when they, when email came around and, and the internet, uh, people said, well, how are you going to use this for anything meaningful? Because the, the World Wide web hadn't been created yet. Um, so then over time, all that was paved, you know, paved, uh, the roads were paved for, for those technologies. And I think cryptocurrency will be will be that, and it re- it relates to trading because the currencies themselves have they trade at a certain um, dollar amount, and um, understanding that goes back to psychology in a way as as well. So How there's so? a lot of psychology. Well, it's uh, fear and greed. Mm. Um, there's fear fear of missing out, so you get, um, and that's kind of more related to greed, and then um, there's fear of losing money, and so in the markets sometimes you can. Like if you Google, if you look at how many go- people are Googling Bitcoin, it yeah, actually I, correlates with with um, this, the price of Bitcoin.
0: Wow! And the question is—that's interesting—is it
1: that people? Right. So Matt, there's people who analyze what the the internet is doing, the humming of the internet, um, to to inform them on how they should invest, whether they should buy or sell Bitcoin that week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: okay, I know Dr. Pacek. Page- but- <laughs> no, I, but it, it connects with our, our habits and our which is driven by our yeah. emotions. So, we Absolutely. are going to go to a quick commercial break and then I'll come back to you, Dr. Pacek. Thanks. Awesome.
1: Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home in your car at the gym anywhere on the go with over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from for you the listener of all things therapy audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy
0: And in all, make the world a better place for everyone. For you, the listeners of All Things Therapy, my sponsor, BetterHelp.com, is offering you 10% off your first month to try out their secure online therapy platform. They are HIPAA compliant and offer counselors in all across the 50 states. You can select your counselor online and change practitioners if you need to, just like in face-to-face therapy. They, are, they provide you phone and video therapy. Various issues can be addressed from depression, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, self-esteem. And again, they're offering you 10% off your first month to try them out as my listener. To take advantage of that, go to betterhelp.com forward slash a t t for all things therapy all caps that's betterhelp.com forward slash a t t today's episode i am with dr nick pajak the medical director of atlas psychiatry you can find him online at dot and we have been discussing where the spiritual meets the material and our line of work and dr pajak during the break I was wondering if you started our show sharing about your father's passing in 2018 and I wondered since that's one of the one of the topics and reasons why people come to us people come to a psychiatrist because they're dealing with this loss and the resulting grief and pain I wondered if for you did anything shift in your belief about the afterlife or did it hold pretty steady going through your father's passing and transition
1: Um, if anything, it, it helped me let go of trying to figure out why we're here and being kind of plagued with that question of why are we here?
0: Mm. Okay. Um, How so?
1: And I think for the first time I really connected with my dad and resolved some things. And one of which was that he could never really feel, um, satisfied or feel, feel good. I think he. He had some dysthymia And I don't think he would mind me saying that per se. Cause
0: yeah.
1: he had seen a lot of different things. And and um, and you know, when you're a child of a parent who's suffering, and you know, a lot of psychiatrists I think who go into this field, they've had parent like a parent that was suffering particularly, right? Yeah. Um, whereas I my, can mo- see that. my mom was pretty euphemic. Yeah, right. You kind of become a little therapist for your parent. Um and because of my sensitivity and my interest in science, I think it lent itself to, to going into this field. So, um, for a long time, I just couldn't help him. And he refused to let me help him, um, and would ignore some of these painful topics. And it wasn't really my place to fix my dad. you know. but the two weeks before he passed, uh, I think he realized like the people who loved him were in the room with him. Um, and I thought that that brought some peace over me. And then when he died, uh, we had a very lovely ceremony eventually at Arlington Cemetery. He was, he was a veteran, and
0: oh yeah, and there
1: was such a such a regal ceremony um, that my younger brother Greg set up. He works in the in the U.S. government. Um, uh, I just kind of let go of like trying to figure out what everything's about, and tried in, in a word, just be more present mm. with people, with myself with you know, with my daughter and my wife and and like going on a run, like we're talking about running. Uh I ran a a race on Sunday Sunday and it was a really long race. Um and I was kind of thinking about the final the end of the race and fantasizing about finishing because I was in some pain. (sighs) And then I had to remind myself, just focus on mile seven right now, you know, and and yes. Be be present in your space. And so that's what it helped me with. Uh, it's, um, I wish I, I wish I, um, could say more about that.
0: Yeah. I Um, hear you being present. It sounds like it really deepened your awareness of being here is the most important thing as opposed to entertaining these etheric questions and finding answers, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, upon reflection and answering this question, um, you know, I saw, I literally saw him die. He held my hand Mm. and he was, he was instructing the team to hurry up. He kept on repeating hurry up to them. And and just like he would have as an attending surgeon. And I was, um, I was really awed by that about his stamina. Yeah. And eventually he was unconscious and we had to make a decision, a very difficult one to let him go. Mm. And as we did, we were in the room with him, um, most of the family um, kind of saying goodbye. And, you know, the doctor that was looking after him was crying in the corner while watching this. And and uh, it was it was as raw as you can get. And, yes. You know, you're just you're just in that space. And then when I saw him, um, I had a, he he died and we left the room for them to remove tubes and things like that. And when I came back in, um, he had had his, his blue robe that he used, used to wear. I, I draped it over him to make him more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I looked at his face and I kissed him on his forehead and I realized he was no longer my dad. Like I, that life force in him was gone and all his life, we talked about what death would be like. And, you know, um, we, fe- we, you know, we all fear dying to some extent, um, I know some people don't, and I I wish I could be more like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when I saw it, when I saw it, it was kind of um, it was an, almost a non-event. He came and he went, like Julius Caesar or you know um, uh, you know famous people and common people. Yeah. And because it wasn't that eventful, it wasn't so terrible as I thought it might be for him. I thought, well, that's all we were worrying about all that time. Mm-hmm. And it, and it kind of worrying about death kind of robs you of the present. I think. Yeah. And and so my I guess that's my message is like is just for folks not to worry about that that the like you know um, that I think the the antidote to fear of death is living life better and 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 thoroughly. You know.
0: That is, you had such a sacred and beautiful experience with him and your family.
1: Yeah, it was being
0: there. Thank yeah. you for sharing that.
1: Sure. I'm happy to. Yeah. I hope it helps somebody out to, to know that, um, to, to uh, just hear some of that message, you know?
0: Yes. Yeah. To absorb so, that.
1: Are you, do you mind if I ask you if you've used to seen any losses like that?
0: You know, as you were speaking, I was taken back to my dear grandmother, my mom's mom. I had the privilege of being with her, holding her hand as she took her last breath in the hospital. And my whole family mm. was around her, much like you. We were all there. Yeah. I feel like Mimi, my brother was in med school in London at the time, he made it back. I mean, like everyone was there and she loved the Golden yeah. Girls. And when the Golden <laughs> Girls ended and the credits ran is when she took her last breath and I tear up, not from sadness, because it was just <laughs> a miracle. And Mimi, like I literally saw Dr. Pagek her last exhalation, And it's like, and her body went limp and it was like, oh my God, I just saw her spirit leave. And then her body, much like I heard you say, like we're not our body. And it just made it so like her essence. Like I literally saw it lift. And like, I know it's still here. Like it doesn't, I don't believe it dies and is gone. Uh, It's it's here, it's surrounding me and just out there, wherever happens, whatever happens, whatever transition happens. Like I saw it with my own eyes. It was like, the energy leave through her breath, and it was just profound and beautiful.
1: Yeah, I believe that 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 happens. I, I hope that happens. That's what it felt like to me. And in, and until you are in the room and you experience that, um, when you see the transition from uh, you know a body with spirit in it and life and yes. one without it, it's it's dramatic to almost the point that where I, I or to the point that I told myself in that moment, this is not my dad. This was just a vessel for him to exist. Yeah. And, and his, you know, his body was broken and, and he, he needed to cast it aside and and moved on to the next, uh, and and next event, if you will. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I I like that. Yes. Next event. That's great.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
0: you know, getting Um, back to some of the, the, Go on, yeah. you first, and then I'll ask you.
1: No, go ahead.
0: So in, in just researching your work and what you all provided, Atlas, I was really struck by, I read through the the comments, and especially mm-hmm. related to the TMS, the transcranial magnetic stimulation, the results yeah. that people on the depression scale at like the highest number, I think it might have been 27, going down to like a two, and it just struck me, like it made me want to come get that therapy. Like what? What is it doing to the brain that people are having such remarkable results to, it sounds like really have depression lifted, like changed from their minds. Well,
1: So not everyone gets better from it, but when people do, it's really shown me that, wow, something's really happening here. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 it to took a lot. Of, it, yeah. And so the metrics for that, about 40% of people get um, all the way better in and around that number, if if the treatment's rendered correctly, if the doctor knows where to place the magnet and it's the right power and all that. And then about 70% of people get uh, more than half the way better. Um, wow. Meaning if your depression's at a 29 out of 30, you'll go down to, you know, half that, 16 yeah. uh, or 15 or so. Um, what's happening, I think, is in some patients, the front part of the brain, which kind of governs their thinking and... Um, and give some power over their thoughts. Some folks lose that component, and their nervous tissue shows on uh, like PET scans that it's not working as, as as fervently, if you will. Okay. And we think that we think that there's um, connectivity within the brain, uh, meaning like there's certain nodes in the brain which is made up of neuronal tissue that speak to each other, kind of like like my computer might speak to my Wi-Fi, and my Wi-Fi might speak to my internet provider. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, when you have the experience of your Wi-Fi being turned on and you're connected, you know, it's working, it's working seamlessly and, and, it, and it's a go. Um, so we used to think that our brain was just, uh, it wasn't as much, wasn't as connected, I believe. And now, um, we know that it's more connected and that there's certain patterns of connection. And so when you tap in with TMS and you met and you use magnetic, uh, a strong magnet and you pass a magnetic field into your brain tissue, your brain tissue is forced to light up and activate. Mm. And if you, if you do that repetitively, those neurons get stronger because they have your, the the human being they're, they're not, or the patient isn't able to outthink themselves or to like strengthen their thinking all the way on their own at that point. Mm -hmm. That's where psychotherapy can help out. Right. But Mm -hmm. when someone's so bad, I'm sure you've worked with patients where you're like, I can't get them to think differently. Like they're yeah. just, their brains are broken.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, they're, they're scattered, they're impulsive, they can't control their thinking. And so basically it's taking your brain to the gym and forcing it to lift weights. And we all know when you go to the gym on day one, you don't, you don't, you're not stronger, what? but what? on day 30, on, on day 30, you're much stronger. Yes. And, um, I think that's what it's doing, and why is it working? And like, why do we have those testimonials? It is because our medications were not working as well. Those are chemical um, ingredients to help somebody's brain work better, and uh, and when you use electricity, that's that's the other part of how our brains work is through electricity. Yes, and we don't talk about that a lot. Like, that's not, and the reason we don't talk about it is there was never a treatment for that except for like elect- electroconvulsive therapy. Yeah. And that's a that's a much different technology than TMS.
0: Yeah, and this really ties back to the beginning of the show where you brought up quantum mechanics and and energy and you know I feel like it's all connected. Our brains really be wanting to be connected to that source.
1: Well, that's where so that's where it gets tricky for me as a psychiatrist because that connect connectedness I think is different in that um if consciousness is all around us I think our brains tap into it rather than, um, allow it to emerge from the brain Mm -hmm. and in like, some people have spiritual problems, but some people have biological problems. Mm. Um, like if you have a pimple, it's not because you, you know, you have a spiritual problem. I don't think. Right. Right. Maybe, maybe some people, (laughs) maybe some people (laughs) do, but, um, but that's like an infection. So you have to treat it at the biological level. And I think that's where we're, we're treating some of these depressions. They're truly biological. But you and I both know that there's people that have spiritual issues and conflicts and grief. And it's not because their brains are broken, perhaps, but they just right. need to work through those things. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Like you're talking about going to the gym and just working those muscles of our mind and our emotions and our emotional body and mental body.
1: Yeah. And, and that um so that's what tms does for folks um and we put and, and on there and by the way thank you for the lovely inter- the um introduction a lot of what we do at the office is uh, amalgam am, amalgam of different technologies and therapies so like you mentioned couples therapy and I think family therapy group therapy yeah individual therapy in our practice we really push people to work on all fronts Mm-hmm. And I like having I like having all those tools at my disposal. And the one reason why we, you know, I added these over the years was I got tired of seeing people not get better and I was only using one tool, like just medications. Mm. And yes. You quickly learn when you're in private practice and psychiatry, like if my patients are not getting better, it's on me and, and like they're they're trusting me to get them better. And as a doctor, I take that seriously. And, um, and as a service industry, we're providing a service for people. And if you don't move their needle, then I either have to refer them on to a high, higher level of care or, you know, in this situation, we just added more services. Um, so we have more like a wraparound approach. But not everybody needs that, too. You know, it's plenty right. of people that come in and just need simple med management or they, they see their therapist and they're not on any medicine.
0: So Yeah. No, you're welcome for that. I really love what you're doing. Love it, Dr. Thank Pajic. You. And in yeah, in conclusion, is the best way for people to reach you? Through, I know you're also on Facebook and Twitter at Atlas Psychiatry. Yeah. Wanted to make sure people know how to reach out to you all.
1: Yeah, so the website, you can email us directly from that website or you can email frontdesk at atlaspsychiatry.com um, or, c- call our, uh, or call us at uh, uh, 504-899-1682. Uh, We have a fantastic staff with a beautiful building here, and it's a very private and elegant place to come uh, for treatment. And if people are like just wanting a consultation because they want a second opinion or they want to talk about, you know, uh, next steps for them, um, I'm happy to do consultations over the phone, um, depending where they are, um, what state they're in, you know, things like that.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for taking your time out today, Dr. Pajic. And I look forward to seeing you back in New Orleans.
1: Okay, look forward to that. You're
0: welcome. I appreciate knowing you. Thank
1: you. You too. All right. Yes. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. That concludes my show today with Dr. Nick Pajic, Medical Director of AtlasPsychiatry.com. Reach out to them if you have questions, concerns, and really want some unique treatments for whatever mental health conditions you are experiencing now. So with that, I just want to thank you for tuning in today. I do wish you a happy Valentine's Day. I love love. And so for me, that's what living is about, finding unique ways to love myself and you. So I want to thank you for tuning in and ask you to subscribe to my podcast, All Things Therapy, and rate it on iTunes. And check out my book. Go pre-order it at nolatherapy.com, New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy. Bye, y'all. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.